Thank you for tuning in to Far Better, where we look to be pleasing to God in this life, so our eternity is far better. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and as always, you can follow us on social media or send us a question or comment or episode suggestion to our email. All of those are posted down below in the show notes. And as you know, our goal is to try to help each and every one of us live a good life in this life so that our eternity is better in the next. One of the things we've been talking about this week is victory. And we're going to continue with the theme of victory today. We talked the last episode together of victory over fear. And we discussed all of the good things that Jesus Christ has given us in giving that victory. And now we're going to shift to a victory over this world. You know, if you're a Christian and you look out into the world, you see a lot of problems, don't you? A lot of people who don't believe in God, don't think that God's values need to be our values, don't believe that what the Bible says is true, and that presents a lot of problems in the world that we live in. So how then can I really be a Christian living in the world? Because of what John tells us in 1 John 5. I want you to notice first, as we talk today, what is it that overcomes the world? There is something that is powerful enough to overcome the world, and what is it? In 1 John 5 and verse 1, John says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. Everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Interesting ideas are presented in this passage, and something for us to consider is verses 3 and 4, obviously. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments aren't burdensome. Verse 4 tells us that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. How is that possible? When I'm born again, when I become a New Testament Christian and I begin to follow after the Bible, follow after all the things that the Lord wants me to do, I have become a new creature in Christ, according to the book of Romans. And when that happens, I become set apart, Romans 12, 1 through 3. I'm different from this world. First Peter would tell us, or Second Peter 2 and verse 9, I believe, would tell us that we're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, something that's been set apart. That makes it possible for us to overcome the world. But how do we know that we can overcome the world? We have to have faith. That is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Only the person who becomes like Christ can overcome the world. And no one else who tries to overcome the world will. Our conquering weapon is our faith. It's the principle that unites us with Christ. And since Christ is all conquering, he can make you and me a participant in his glorious victory over the world. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, you and I have discussed before, but we really do have to consider all that he gave up in order to come to the world. First, we know that he left heaven in order to come to this world. Second, we know, according to 1 Corinthians 15, that when 
the Father asks, Jesus is going to deliver up the kingdom to the Father, giving up his own kingdom. Haven't you ever thought about how special you are because Christ has put a value on you like that? But even Jesus Christ himself overcame this world. World view on death is what? When you die, you, you die. You're, you're gone. That's it. When Jesus died, what happened? There was something that happened that had never happened before in Scripture. Never in the world's history that I have found has this ever occurred. Jesus resurrected himself from the dead. Now here's something that's incredibly interesting. I know Lazarus was resurrected from the dead in John 11, and I know that other people were resurrected from the dead by Jesus' hand and by even the Lord who, who would have taken Enoch who walked with God and so he didn't see death. I understand that those types of things had occurred. But what man or woman had ever died and decided that they wanted to come back from the dead and rose themselves up from the dead? No one. Jesus is the first and the last that would ever do that. He said after the amount of time, three days, I'm coming back. And that was a victory over the world. A victory over this world. It was also a victory over death, but that's another episode in the next episode that we're going to discuss. So I don't really want to get too far into that. But we have this victory over the world in the sense that what applies to the people who live of the world, which is you die, you don't get to be resurrected in newness of life and live in eternal, in eternal glory as Jesus did. No, 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 no. You die, and that's it. Your life ends. You don't have hope of a resurrection in the sense of, I'll be resurrected and I'll get to go to paradise. The rich man died. But because his life was more concerned with being like the world, he received the punishment that comes with that. The Lazarus example that we have, though, in that passage in Luke also tells me of a man who died in Luke 16. But Lazarus was comforted. Jesus died, and he died having done nothing wrong. He died because of us. And yet, the world didn't win when they crucified the Savior. Jesus did. So who is it then that overcomes the world? Let's look now at verse 5 of 1 John. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. All these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. You ever think about the strength of a witness? The strength of a witness. You know, if you were to be pulled over and it were to be discovered that the police thought that you had committed a crime, one of the things that you would need to do, first of all, is figure out who can corroborate your story. 
who can make sure that they can say, yeah, yes, he was present with me at the time that this crime was committed. So he couldn't have done that crime because he was with me. And if you find enough witnesses that present a strong testimony, you don't have to worry about anything. The problem is when I put all of my hope into the world, I'm not going to have a strong enough witness to provide me with eternal life. I have a strength of witness with this witness of God. And this value of the witness... The Son is the revelation of the Father's will, and I have Him as my witness. So who is He who overcomes the world but He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Jesus gave witness, He gave testimony, if you will, of all the things that the Lord wanted us to know. I will overcome this world, and so will you if we believe Him. What good does it do the person sitting in the courtroom awaiting for a verdict if the jurors do not believe the witnesses that have been brought forth. Sometimes innocent people haven't walked free, and sometimes guilty people have walked free because the people doing the deciding, the jury that is, didn't believe the testimony of the witnesses didn't believe the evidence that said they did or didn't do what they've been accused of doing. But we have an incredibly strong witness in Jesus Christ. But you know, there are still going to be people who deny him. There are still going to be people who say, no, he didn't really do that. No, he's really not the Son of God. No, you don't really have to do all Jesus says. And that's exactly what verse 9 is talking about. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Look, I, I can listen to man who tells me things, but God's witness is greater. It's better. It will stand the test of time. If the world lingers another 3,000 years, the Bible will still be preached. The church will still be standing. And God's message will still be the only thing that saves. But there will also be men and women who don't believe it and will do everything they can to try to discredit it. That's the problem of living in the world. Not everybody lives like Christ. Not everybody does what Christ says to do. Not everybody wants to do what the Lord says to do. But I have a witness who promises me all that has been promised by Jesus. One of the best blessings that I can think of, and I'm sure it's crossing your mind too, is the idea that the Lord told me that I would have a place prepared if I serve him diligently. Have you ever wondered what life would be like if you couldn't have a place to live? It's a small thing, really, and, and sometimes we might get upset about it. You know, i got to pay the mortgage. i, I got to pay my apartment bill. I, I, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. 
The utilities are coming. But have you really ever stopped to wonder what it would be like to be homeless? Maybe some of you have experienced that before. You would then know how much of a blessing it is to have a place to lay your head at night. A place where you can lock the doors and feel safe. Imagine what it would be like on Judgment Day to be homeless. To not be able to have one of those mansions waiting for you, but instead to know that you will be cast into outer darkness. The Bible doesn't teach, to my knowledge, of any type of dwelling place as far as a mansion waiting for me in hell. I'm only granted a place to live in heaven. Whereas in hell, I'm told I'll be cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And if I want to have a victory over this world, I've got to live contrary to what this world says is acceptable. There's a lot of pressure in the world today to change our mind about certain things and to stop preaching and teaching on certain things. I hope we won't. The world wants us to do this, but we have victory over the world. That doesn't mean that our life is going to be easy. It is going to be difficult because some of our very near and dear friends that we love are going to be worldly, and they're going to expect us to be worldly like they are worldly, but we can't. We have to set ourselves apart, even when it hurts, even when it's not fun, because I am to be different if I want to have the victory over the world. Because believing in God, as we've talked about before on this podcast, believing in God is not just the things that I like, but true obedience to God is doing the things that are written in the book. My life would be far better, both here and hereafter, if I realize that this world has nothing to offer me. Why would I want to stay here? What's the benefit of staying here when I can go be in heaven and be with the Lord? You remember, Paul would say, to be with the Lord is far better. He didn't want to stay on earth anymore. He wanted to go to heaven and I do too. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. We don't have to stay here. And aren't you glad? Our lives are far better because we don't have to fret about what comes after this if we're faithful children of God. I want to thank you for tuning in this week to Far Better. We're going to be talking about victory over death in the next episode. And until then, I hope we please God now so that our eternity is far better.